Hello, and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. I think it would have been possible to have avoided the images coming out of Paris uh, over the last week of Notre Dame uh, burning down. Um, images most often created by citizen journalists, people who just happen to be in the right place at the right time, or perhaps the wrong place at the wrong time, uh, capturing images and footage, uh, most often on their smartphones or their uh, iPads, something like that. Those images then, those people are really happy and excited to get them up onto their social media platforms, whether that be Facebook or on Twitter. Um, to share. And of course, what then happens is that the large international um, communication companies, broadcast companies, publishing companies, newspapers and so forth, uh, swoop down on those images and those people with the offer of a credit in return for uh, using the images. Or as I noticed last week with CNN, they wanted the footage for free and for imperturity. Wow. Not only did they want to use the images, they wanted to own the images for free. Well, for a credit, that's all that's ever offered in these situations. And as we all know, a, cro a credit actually has very little actual value. In fact, any value at all for somebody who isn't trying to create uh, a name for themselves as a journalist or as a photographer. Following on for that, from that kind of way in which I suppose the large communication companies view the creator of the image or the, the photographic community. Um, we've been talking a lot about competitions, photo competitions over the last uh, few podcasts and over the last months, maybe years, certainly on the UN of Photo. I, I never really understand why uh, magazines charge uh, for people to enter into their competition. The idea always when I edited magazines was that the competitions were run for free. The idea was the, to encourage people to read about the competition in the magazine, therefore to purchase the magazine. Of course, now it's a separate business model uh, with falling revenues on magazines and falling uh, circulations, ad revenues and circulations. Uh, the magazines, the publishers are looking for another way to make income and the photographic competition is their uh, chosen form. It's a great shame, isn't it, that um, we're looked upon as a business model. Maybe the idea is one or a good idea would be one that I read about this week. Let's have a competition of competitions, a WWF style slam down where we, the photographic community, choose how much each competition should pay to enter this big competition of competitions. We set the T's and C's. Maybe we use their T's and C's and they've got to sign up to them. And then we'll find out which is the best, the winning competition. Or would we just find out which competition won on the basis of which entered? course it doesn't have to be this way um the impressions gallery in bradford um has started a really interesting um initiative i suppose they've got some events coming up um helping photographers advice uh, portfolio reviews and what their suggestion is 
make a donation uh, of a fee that they think is appropriate. Um, I think they're suggesting like £5, £10, £15. But I'd like to think that they would be open to whatever figure the person felt that they could afford and that that payment was handled in uh, a very caring way so that nobody was aware of how much was actually being paid. But anyway, I'm sure they are. But really great to see a creative solution coming out of this um, this offering of advice and actually an empathetic solution. So rather than seeing it as a business model, seeing it as a way of maybe helping to support the gallery, a really great gallery, by the way, that's been running since uh, 1972 uh, in Bradford, and um, as well as supporting the gallery, but obviously, you know, sort of meeting some of the costs incurred. There are creative ways of doing things. It doesn't have to be the high fee and the business model and the photographer actually stumping up the cash all of the time to try and move forward. Anybody who creates something such as a magazine or a podcast where people are invited to contribute is always open to the accusation that it's kind of a mates club and that the person who decides who's going to be on each week um, just gets their friends. Uh, it's taken 50-odd episodes of A Photographic Life before I've actually brought on one of my oldest friends. Uh, Jeff Waring is a true polymath, and to my mind, um, a creative genius. We met uh, at Elle magazine back in the late 1980s and, and have remained good friends ever since. Um, Jeff was art director at Elle in the late 80s and design director at Vogue uh, UK in the 1990s. Uh, after four years at Vogue, uh, Conan Nast uh, asked him to art direct uh, Vogue Australia. He did 16 issues uh, out there and then returned to London to launch Red magazine. Uh, the logo is in his handwriting. He launched Glamour UK magazine as the art director in 2001 and in 2005 he uh, was the art director launching Easy Living magazine where he stayed as creative director for four years. Uh, in 2015, he chose to work solely as a freelance art director for brands including Bowdoin, M&S, Monsoon, Kath Kidston, and so forth. Twice a year, he designs and art directs the arts and culture magazine Perfect Bound with other industry professionals who, like Jeff, found they were not being given the creative freedom in commercial magazines anymore and decided to create their own publication. Uh, as a commissioned photographer, he works for brands, including House of Fraser, Karen Millen, Karen Miller, I should say, Gina, and various Hearst-published magazines. Uh, not content with working as a photographer and art director, Jeff has also written and illustrated several award-winning children's books published in the UK and across the world, and he's even created his own typeface titled Mental Block. As I say, a true polymath. For me, what's really interesting um, about hearing from Jeff and why I wanted to ask him to contribute this uh, week with what does photography mean to him is that when I started working in magazines and working with Jeff, the whole team at Elle magazine at that time were really interested in things other than design. It may be illustration, it may be typography, it may be photography. We were all, I suppose, excited by that broad range of um, 
creative outputs and outlets. Um, so I think it's important to um, recognise the importance of the art director, a good art director, and also recognise that those art directors um, have a passion for photography also. It also ties in with the hope I'd had at the beginning of this podcast of having not only photographers to talk about the medium, but also those engaged with um, photography. Again, over the last few weeks, we've spoken a lot, and I've spoken a lot, about getting commissioned. So that's a lot of me talking. Maybe it's time we should hear from Jeff Waring. I suppose, for me, um, photography has always been about catching the moment. As a, It's a method of recording something, a person, a place, a view, light, darkness an event um, I mean I sit in my, my office now and I'm sort of surrounded by a, a rack of boxes full of negatives and transparencies from from the, my days at, at college which is probably when I first picked up a camera or my first camera like most people was a Zenith EM the, the old Russian sort of tank of a camera when I was about 17, so I, I've always had a camera. I've never really done it professionally. Latterly, I have a bit, but um, I still prefer the freedom of taking your own pictures for yourself and not for anyone else. And I'm sure that goes for, for a lot of photographers these days. Um, so I've got all of those, and now I've got bloody hard drives everywhere full of images which are not particularly well catalogued but I know they they're there and they're sort of backed up um, but every, every photograph is a moment and professionally for me the most the strongest images again are whether it's fashion or travel or portraiture it, it's the court moment it's it's knowing that that image that you see has been chosen because the frame either side is not quite right, but that one gets across that view, that that person, that fashion picture, whatever it is. Um, the problem we have now is people who are commissioning things don't have a deep knowledge of photography and the history of photography. They want to see mood boards. They don't want any surprises. They want to know what they're going to get before they get it. And for me, the most exciting thing, and it goes back to the court moment, is you don't know what you're going to get. You know you've got a great photographer, and if it's a fashion shoot, you've got great hair and makeup and model and location even. But you don't know what you're going to get because you want to be surprised. And if you're surprised, then the reader is surprised and excited and those pictures mean a lot more if you send them off with a mood board saying we want it to look just like this this is the whole thing that we want to see well that's the death of it you know that's it's killed there and then and more and more this sort of mood board uh, mentality is is a uh, is replacing uh, people with knowledge and depth and um, understanding of the medium. Now, it might sound elitist, but I, I, it, it doesn't mean to be, but 
I think, you know, uh, when you're in a professional world, it's very important. Uh, and we've lost that. I mean, I, I've spent a few weeks working at a major retail chain at their how their photography would work. And, you know, the marketing people there refer to the photography as swipe. And I didn't understand what this meant, but then someone explained to me, oh, they mean photographs. And they're just talking about swiping past the imagery. While I've been recording this, um, Notre Dame Cathedral's been burning down, um, tragically. And it made me realise that actually this whole thing of photography being a court moment, being recording everything, that now that, that cathedral only exists as photographs. And those photographs, you know, whether it's Ache back in the uh, 18, uh, 19th century or, uh, you know, a tourist yesterday taking a picture inside on their smartphone, those, those images are what are its existence now. It only exists as those images. And that's a very... Uh, powerful thing and also uh, Macron this morning has said that it's going to be rebuilt well they'll have to look at the photographs and that's how they'll rebuild it so um, anyway just thought I'd put that into context thank you well thank you Jeff for a very considered um, contribution this week so many Oh, themes come up. There's so many things to discuss. I think it provokes so many debates. That idea, I mean, if you are listening to this and you are in a position to commission photography, you know, please listen to what Jeff said. He is one of the great art directors um, in the UK and has been for a number of years. Um, echoing the uh, the phrase that, or the request that the great Alexei Brodovich used to say whenever commissioning photographers, he just would use two words, surprise me. And Jeff Waring there, picking up on that and actually kind of confirming that belief. So if you are in a position to commission photography, hopefully by listening to this podcast, you're engaged with the medium, maybe try and uh, stand up for those photographers, stand up for the work that they do and encourage that risk-taking. Also interesting, I mean, I have um, a little bank of uh, contributors um, for the following months, but because Jeff mentioned Notre Dame there, I uh, deliberately moved him forwards in my uh, planned schedule because I thought it was a relevant um, contribution and comment for this this week's particular podcast where I'd been talking about the idea of uh, Notre Dame as being this kind of a news situation and now Jeff they're referring to it as from a documentation um, perspective and a different role that photography takes uh, in, in our lives where it becomes historical and, um, re and relevant from a technical perspective as well. How could it have be recreated just from memory? It would be different, very difficult to do. Um, other things happening um, 
in the past week uh, have included um, on Easter Sunday, we uh, gave to the world the Bill J film. Um, I've been talking about that film, this film, since the beginning of these podcasts, really. Um, it's called uh, Do Not Bend, uh, The Photographic Life of Bill J. Bill J, a writer, photographer, educator, uh, an evangelist for photography, and without any shadow of a doubt, and I'm going to put that out, I put this out there now, one of the most important people in British photography for the last 40-odd, 50-odd years, and his influence in America also absolutely huge. Try and track down some of his books. They're all out of print, but you can get them on eBay. Uh, anyway, what we've done is we've made this feature-length documentary film about the life of uh, Bill J. It includes photographers such as Martin Parr, Daniel Meadows, Brian Griffin, Ralph Gibson, Homer Sykes, uh, Paul Hill, um, and also Tony Ray Jones's uh, partner, Anna Ray Jones. Um, they all contribute to the film. Uh, and we've we've put it out there for free. You can enjoy it for free, the whole film. Bill was a great um, exponent of sharing experience, knowledge and passion and just getting it out there. And it just seemed an appropriate thing to do was to make that film available to everybody. So if you um, put into the search bar, do not bend uh, the photographic life of Bill J, that will take you to the specific channel um, where you can see the film. So please do. Um, and if you're in an education perspective, why not share that film with your students and introduce them to Bill and a way of thinking about photography and uh, a history of photography um, that perhaps isn't one that's being spoken about very much in the, at the moment and that hasn't been for some time. And maybe with this resurgence I've spoken about previously of photographers from our past, from our photographic heritage, maybe it would be a good idea to bring Bill into that. Uh, I'm sure he would have seen the irony of us making it available to the world on Easter Sunday. Um, and I hope you uh, enjoy that. If you do, then please let us know. Obviously, you can leave comments underneath the film on YouTube or interact with us through Twitter on at UN of Photo. And also, if you've enjoyed the podcast or it's brought up things that you'd like to talk about, then do please. I really enjoy engaging with that debate and that um, discussion, as long as we always, uh, you know, let's be nice and empathetic and respectful of each other. This week, once again, there have been examples of people just not really understanding the importance of being a social being on social media. It's something I teach uh, about, but it's something I also try my very best to uh, implement. So that's it really for this week. Um, huge amount of stuff, I think, um, perhaps to, to consider this week that's come up. And I hope you really enjoyed uh, listening to Jeff also. You can find out about Jeff at his wearing, uh, at his wearing, at his website, jeffwearing.com. Uh, um, just leaves me to say, um, have a good week. And uh, don't forget, take care.